Nancy, I wrote a poem for Valentine's Day. Do you want to hear it? Oh my gosh, yes, I would. Okay, okay, I'm ready. Okay. I tee up my ball and widen my stance and pretend someone whispers behind me just like Jim Nance. Here comes the shot about to soar through the air. Imagine a four or three or maybe even a pair of shots will do. But for now, all I want is to hit this ball true. My grip is all set and my shoulders are square. The cover of the ball, I feel it will tear. But as I take the club back, ready to make thunder, there's a moment of terror as I realize my blunder. I wish I could stop my downswing just like Tiger. This par three definitely does not need a driver. Aw, snaps for Sean, everyone. Snaps for Sean. That was really nice. Thank you. I wrote it myself. Good job. My name is Sean. I'm here with Cassie. Welcome to episode six of the postcast. We're going to bring on LPGA insider Steve Eubanks shortly. But before we do, I thought we would start by playing golf matchmaker, being Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day week, really. All right. But given a team tournament scenario where a male professional is paired with a female professional and let's say a, a four-round event or you know some kind of mixed team event, who would be the best and who would be the worst combination defined by their, their chemistry as, as people and as, as golfers? Disclaimer, they must play on the, on the PGA Tour, the European Tour, LPGA Tour, or the LET. Who do you got, Cassie? So I went really outside the box with this one, and I went with um, Martin Pillar and Garina Pillar. I mean, they're married, so they have to be like pretty compatible, right? Yeah, they just you, you would think so. You would think so. I, it's I not mean, like a Kings of Leon situation though, where you're like your family and you're you're all, always together, and it's kind of tough. I I don't know. Maybe it's possible, but I feel like they're so competitive with each other that it would make for a fun time to watch. And then they would get competitive against their team that they're playing. <laughs> that's true. So like the commercial where they're always competing against each other. That's the one I was thinking of when yeah. I when I yeah. yes, that's the one. Perfect. I chose yeah. Lydia and Jordan. Not very imaginative at all. I just think they're going to make every putt. You can't miss a putt with those two. So. Right. That basically means that they're going to win everything. I that's a that's a good call. But who would be your worst team combination? Okay, so I thought about this, and I thought about you know contrasting personalities. But what about okay. a player that's really really fast and a player that's really really slow, and then mixing them and having that be kind of a disaster? That sounds like a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah, Charlie Hole, who is notoriously probably the fastest player out on the, on the LPGA Tour. She probably needs to slow down, actually. She's just, you know, full speed ahead all the time. And Kevin Na, who I guess has gotten faster as the years have gone on, but is notoriously slow and once got into an argument with uh, with Stevie Williams, Adam Scott's caddy, after the uh, 2014 Deutsche Bank, where I think Stevie told Kevin that uh, he was like a bad movie. So... Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people may have that same kind of feeling when it comes to to Kevin Na. So, those two may not get along very well in terms of their golf game because Charlie Hole will want to be done in three hours and Kevin will want to be done in five. So Spe- that- Yeah, speedy versus, yeah, someone slow. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's a good one. What about you? So, I went with Aria Jutanagarn and Justin Thomas. Okay. And it's only because... Justin, you know I adore you. I always pick you to win every tournament. But I think I think she would out hit him with the driver. 
<laughs> and I don't think he'd like be okay that. with it. And he wouldn't be okay with it. So I think it would get him off his game. It might have, give her some confidence, but it also might like give her too much confidence and adrenaline. And I just don't think it would be a good mix. But Justin, you know I adore you, so I am sorry. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a very interesting mix. Right? That's what I'm thinking, too. So I think we both picked very good incompatible teams. Yeah. I like, another one of the, the good ones I thought about was uh, Brooke Henderson and Matt Kuchar. Kind of like the kill him with kindness. Kill him with that smile. Yeah, smile, <laughs> smile the whole way around, and everyone will be blinded by the smile, and it'll be perfect. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> well, poor matches aside, or good matches aside, we all want we all got into the game because we love it, and today is about celebrating that love. Right, golf has so many of the the best qualities of life, including being around family and friends, uh, being outside in nature, celebrating great moments with a beverage in the clubhouse. Hopefully after a hole-in-one. We all remember the first time we had a great shot or made our first birdie or someone else in our group did something remarkable. Cassie, when is the time when you saw something or did something and realized, wow, I really love this game? So, I really don't have a particular story or one thing that shows how much one loves the game, but I just love it when people give back to the game. Whether it's volunteering your time at a tournament, introducing someone new to the game, or donating equipment to the less fortunate who really needs it, wants it, wants it and is going to use it. I think that's how people fall in love with the game and this awesome sport that we all get to be a part of. So, it's just giving back to me. Like, you do the first tee, right? I do. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I think that is so cool. And I think people who work in the industry or who are really a part of it really just need to give back. And I think um, those people that are involved with the sport today need to do more of that. And I think that just truly shows how much you love the game. The PGA Tour gives back more than any other major sports organization uh, combined. All, All three of the other major sports combined, the PGA Tour gives back more. You know, it's, it's incredible just the charitable donations that, that, that go into the game of golf every single week. The, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am gave $10 million to the local community this week. So, that, that's, that's pretty cool. For me... That's incredible. Yeah. No, it absolutely is. For me, I'm, I'm a PGA professional and I give lessons to juniors, as you mentioned. And anytime I have a kid who hasn't played before and they hit their first shot really well... That, that is the coolest moment to see the look on their face. Because I've had parents say, you know, my kid won't do any other sports, but he loves coming out here and playing golf. And seeing kids laugh and smile after a shot, it kind of puts everything else in, in perspective, doesn't it? And uh, I, have, I have one more. Last year, I went to the PGA Professional Championship, which is where all the club pros in the country go to one location in June and the top 20 qualify for the PGA Championship. And I went up to Syracuse last last year to uh, to cover it. And uh, there's a brilliant moment in this event where Wyatt Worthington II became the first African-American player to be in the mm-hmm. top 20 in the, in the qualify. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're interviewing his dad after the round. And his he just has tears running down his face. And his entire family walked all 18 holes. He had a, a group of maybe 12, 13 people. His entire family walked all 18 holes that day. And the family's crying and hugging, and it was like he got—he just got married. It was—it was incredible. And uh, to see his son, what he had done, you know, be, he got a college degree, um, became a successful teacher in Ohio. He's on TV and he's playing in the PGA Championship. To see how proud of his family was of him, that was an incredible moment. And that those kind of moments really 
make you realize how much people love this game. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, that just gave me like chill. That just gave me chills. I, it gave me chills being there and, and, and watching it and interviewing him afterwards. And one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, Wyatt Worthington. Well, let's That's so cool. transition over into our uh, winners of the week. Jordan Spieth parred his competition to death at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am for his ninth PGA Tour title before the age of 24. He's the second youngest to get to that mark. One interesting note here, Cassie, Jordan has nine wins in his first 100 PGA Tour starts. Tiger had 28 in his first 100 starts. Wow. That's kind of shows uh, how dominant Tiger was. That's that's incredible. Yeah. On the European Tour, it was a final round 63 for Fabrizio Zanotti, who stormed from six back to win the Maybank Championship in Malaysia. He played his last six holes in five under, including an eagle on the 72nd hole to win his second European Tour title. Yeah, that second shot on 18 was beautiful. Kind of hoisted it over the trees and it came down off the slope on the green. Great putt. Great win there. Scott McCarron, he also equaled the final hole to win his event. He won by one shot the Allianz Championship down in, in Boca Raton, Florida, just, just down the road from me here. Great event. And the community always comes together and loves it. Fred Couples played here for the first time this year. So, uh, we always love having the Champions Tour guys down here. Awesome. Web.com Tour. Have you seen this video yet? I mean, incredible stuff. I mean, commentators and broadcasters always say, oh, he'll have to hold this to force a playoff, you know, and you never think it's going to happen. Never happens. Well, on Sunday, it happened for Ethan Tracy at the Web.com Tours Club Columbia Championship. He stuffed his third shot from just over 100 yards on the par 518 to force a playoff with Roberto Diaz before defeating him on the second playoff hole. I mean, that's just so cool. What a finish. I couldn't even imagine seeing that in person. That was the perfect shot too. It just spun right back in and it was like it was destined to go in no matter what. Eagle, boom, <laughs> playoff, win. I mean, you can't get any... I mean, that's just, that's, that's just unheard of. Storybook right there. Cassie, I was out at the International Floorball Competition yesterday at the Fox Club in Palm City, Florida. It were uh, Mike McCoy and Gene Elliott, a couple of friends of the post. They won the title by a stroke. They finished with a nine under two oh four. But what I found interesting about this event, obviously you play your own ball all the way through and you pick the best score for each hole. And on the eighteenth hole, Gene Elliott, he had hit the ball into the water twice on the on the closing par five. So it was pretty much his partner was the only person whose score was gonna count no matter what, and they had a two shot lead and his partner uh, fortunately, Mike McCoy, he, you know, was able to to hit on the green in three shots, actually three putted and, and made bogey. But that's a lot of pressure. There's a huge lake there on the, on the par 5 18th. And I felt nervous, but I asked him after the round. He said, no, he wasn't nervous. So that's why, that's why he's out there and I'm here. <laughs> and if you know Mike McCoy and Gene Elliott, they probably just kept it so light and so fun on the course that it didn't even bother them that Gene hit it twice in the water and Mike had to just do it himself on the 18. They're just they're two of the nicest guys out there too, and they're staples in the mid amateur game. Yeah, they are. They're 54 years old. They're going to be 55 next year, which qualifies them for the senior division in this tournament. But they said they're not being going to go to the uh, senior division. They're going to defend their title in the mid am division. At the I like it. Ball. I wouldn't expect anything less from them. <laughs> so I'll see them at the Coleman in uh, in April. One Very more nice. note: 
Sahith Thigala out of Pepperdine won the Genesis Collegiate Showcase and will be playing at Riviera this uh, this week at the PGA Tour. So let's see if he can make any uh, any waves. That's a that's a college nickname joke, Cassie. The Pepperdine waves. <laughs> the waves. No pun intended. No right? pun intended at all. Yeah, that's awesome. No, good for him. That's that's such a really cool collegiate um, showdown that gets you know the pros get to play with someone from their um, alma mater, and then um, whoever has the low score gets a spot in the tournament. So I think that's a really great idea, and I'm glad they started doing this a couple of years ago. Right now, we're going to bring on Global Golf Post senior writer, Steve Eubanks. Steve, so earlier, Sean and I were talking about a mixed team event, like the Franklin Templeton shootout that takes place in December. I said Martin and Garina Pillar. Sean said Lydia Ko and Jordan Spieth. Now, if you could pick one female and one male professional on the PGA and LPGA tours that could be paired together for a mixed team event, who would it be and why? I would pick NG Chun and anybody on the PGA Tour. Throw darts at a board. She is the nicest human being you would ever meet. She could get along with anybody. So I, I, I don't think you'd have any problem at all uh, pairing NG with with uh, with anybody on tour. It would be a it'd be a great team too. She's she's a super player. Yeah, not too shabby, right? How about the worst? Do you have the worst pairing possible? Oh yeah, it would have to be Jordan Spieth and Christy Kerr because they can't. Neither of them can shut up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like that. Between Jordan talking to Michael Geller and Christy talking to her golf ball, nobody could get a word in edgewise. <laughs> and Jordan talking to his golf ball too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they'd be talking to each other's golf balls before it was over. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Steve, I had Charlie Hole and Kevin Na, just the maybe one of the fastest players versus one of the slowest. I don't think they'd be. Able oh, that yeah. that that would be a good one absolutely all right let's get into it steve you had a great article this week on lexi thompson and i grew up five minutes away from lexi and her family and i played golf against her brother curtis uh, here in coral springs and i've been able to know the family pretty well do you think the the image the casual golf fan has of her kind of matches the the actual thing no, and that was one of the reasons that I actually wanted to get this story out, because um, I, I, I'm not sure that the person who just periodically tunes in to women's golf has any idea what kind of person Lexi is. Um, and, and look, this is a tremendous young woman for one simple reason. She's been in the spotlight since she was 12 years old. And for most kids, that has a deleterious effect on, on not just their professional career, but on their lives. Uh, you know, the, the spotlight does some strange things to people. And but for Lexi, she is a perfectly well-adjusted, funny, kind adult uh, and has has really grown into a very mature person. Something that you wouldn't expect from, in essence, a child phenom. So I, I think that getting this story out so that people can see that, hey, you know what? This is just your average uh, America, all-American girl on the street. Uh, really is important. And it is a testament to a g- the good job that her parents did uh, and the good job that her siblings did in keeping her grounded all of those years. Yeah. If you're listening and you haven't read this article, go to globalgolfpost.com and read this No Reservations with Lexi because it is one of the coolest articles I think I've ever read and just her involvement with the military and stuff like that. Just just go and read it. But Steve, my question to you is, where do you rank Lexi in relation to the top players in the game right now? Uh, 
you know, I don't put her in the uh, in the Lydia Co. Major Tanya Garn uh, strata yet, simply because the win record isn't there. Um, she's a little bit of an underachiever, giving the talent that she has. Uh, but that putting stroke, as it continues to improve, as we have seen so far this year, uh, I would expect a breakout season very quickly. Um, Lexi is she has got more skill, uh, more length. Um, more precision with her irons. The putter has always held her back, uh, but she has really gotten a lot better feel uh, in in the last really six to nine months, uh, and I expect that to be a, to be a big benefit for her going forward. Speaking of Lydia Ko and and that top tier of players, she's now working with Gary Gilchrist, and you wrote an article this week in Global Golf Post about that. Do you think there's going to be any? tension or awkwardness with with area and, and lydia sharing the, the same coach if it were any two other one and two ranked players mm-hmm. you might think so not these two mm. uh to watch them on the range together you would think they were sisters uh they're constantly joking with each other they they uh you know I, I saw i saw area go over and snatch one of lydia's head covers and hide it behind her back so that when lydia put the club away she starts looking for a head cover and can't find it that kind of thing they do all the time and so these are you know these are good friends uh they hang out there there's a there's a very close kinship among them and so i don't think this is going to create any tension at all um I, and i actually think it's going to be a wonderful partnership i, I spoke to gary about it and um, and he, he talked about some of the things that he and Lydia are going to be working on, uh, and it really is much uh, much more low key than what she had with David Ledbetter. And I think it's going to be to her benefit because Gary is going to attempt to really restore Lydia to the natural swing she had uh, as an amateur, and and uh, you know do the things that she does naturally, and simply work within that time that uh, those confines. Well, if this is going to work for Lydia, then I think all golf fans are going to be super excited to see her natural swing back. Steve, thanks for the insight. As always, we appreciate you joining us. Well, thanks for having me as always. All right. Thank you so much to Steve Eubanks for talking to us a little bit about Lexi Thompson and and Lydia Ko. Let's get right into the schedule for this week. Bubba Watson will defend his title at the Genesis Open at Riviera Country Club. Always a fantastic setting for for golf there out in Pacific Palisades. The field will include Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, and uh, and many others, including Jordan Spieth. Awesome. That'll be a good tournament. I always like watching it at the Riv. It's like one of my favorite courses, I think. Hogan's Alley. So, on the European Tour, the ISPS Honda World Super 6 Perth in Australia, will make its debut. That's a tongue twister. Holy moly. Easy for you to say. Yeah, right? Let me tell you how it's going to work. The first three days will be a 54-hole tournament of traditional stroke play, so normal stroke play. Then it's a knockout match play format for the fourth and final round on Sunday. When match play begins on Sunday, if they are tied at the end of their match, it will be decided by a hole-by-hole playoff. The winner moves on to the next round of each match play until the champion is crowned. Players in the field include Alex Noren, Louis Oosthuizen, Thorbjorn Olsen, and current U.S. amateur champ Curtis Luck. That should be really, really fun to watch, and I'm excited to see how that plays out because that's something unique and different that the European Tour is doing now. Yeah, Keith Pelly loves to do those unique offbeat things. He's definitely pushing the game, you know, very progressive, pushing the game forward. So 
I like I like a lot of the ideas that he, that he has. And just like this tournament, as he said, um, it's a very entertainment um, product business type of deal. There's an, another cool event that they actually just announced. It's called the Golf Sixes, which, which will feature two-man teams from 16 nations competing in a six-hole greensome match, which is when pairs select the best tee shot and then play alternate shot from there. So it's kind of confusing, but you, you, all, you both tee off, you take the best tee shot, and then you play alternate shot from there, which is also really cool, though, at the same time. This is slated for May 6th and 7th, just outside London at the Centurion Club. Music, fireworks on the first tee. I don't know about you, but my walk-up song, if I was allowed to have one, would be Chance the Rapper because I'm obsessed with him right now. Oh, How about you? Pretty good. Um, I have a couple. Maybe uh, that milkshake song. I think I could definitely pull that off. And also, <laughs> um, You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. I think that just, I, I'd be so pumped up after that. I'd hit my drive at least 300 yards. Oh, at, at least. least. At yeah, least. I mean. with, with the cart path. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The LPGA is also in Australia. They're at Royal Adelaide in South Australia. Haru Namura defeated Lydia Ko last time around this event. Ko won the year before that, so I'd say she's a pretty safe pick for uh, for this yeah, year. Absolutely. The Web.com Tour uh, stays in South America this week but moves to Panama for the Panama Claro Championship at Panama Golf Club. A lot of known players in this field, including brothers Nicholas and Curtis Thompson, Angel Cabrera is playing, and Edward Lohr. So, a nice field down there in Panama. Cabrera can't win. It's not a major, so he's not. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> the Champions Tour is at the Chubb Classic in Naples, Florida. They're just going to go over the other coast here. Bernard Longer isn't voting in anything, don't worry, but he is defending his title at Twin Eagles. Maybe voting the, for the, the buffet. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably so good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Should we jump into Bingo Bango Bongo right now? We shall. All right. Awesome. Well, last week I picked Patrick Reed to win and it wasn't actually horrible. He finished T23, so not bad. Um, Sean O'Hare um, missed the cut on Saturday. So he played three rounds but missed the cut on Saturday which was kind of a bummer. I thought he was going to play much better. And then, of course, I picked Steve Stricker, the semi-retired Steve Stricker, to miss the cut. And he also finished T23 with my winner. So, mm. didn't really work out for Cass this week. No points this week, right? No. Well, I didn't, no I didn't have any either because uh, Jimmy Walker did make the cut on the – like ba- barely. So, that was, that was a close call. And uh, Phil Mickelson, he played fairly well but never really got anything going – so, he was my pick to, to win. And I've had uh, JJ Spawn as my sleeper and he promptly missed the cut. So, no blood at the, at the AT&T Pole Beach Pro-Am this week. But That's this week is a new week. And we're going to see if we can, uh, you know, pick some, pick some winners here, Cassie. All right. Well, I will tell you my pick first. And I'm going with Sergio Garcia. Well, welcome back to the PGA Tour after that big win in Dubai two weeks ago. He's feeling it right now. He got it. He was recently engaged. I'm still playing off of that. I feel like that really like gives him confidence. So he's feeling the good mojo. He missed the cut here last year, but was uh, tied for fourth in 2015. So I'm gonna go with Sergio. I'm gonna go with Jason Day. I haven't I haven't picked him yet. He played really well last year. He almost won this event. Just lost out narrowly to uh, to Bubba Watson. He's been playing really well. 
he played pretty well last week at Pebble Beach. So I think he's going to continue playing well in California and uh, I like him to win. Awesome. How about your sleeper pick this week? I'm going to go with Adam Hadwin, Mr. Mr. 59, one of the many things, yeah. Mr. 59s. But uh, he's played well all the way uh, starting when the wraparound season back in the fall and coming all the way around to the uh, to the 2017 season here. And you know, he's he's kind of all, all the way around uh, has, has played pretty well. So I, I like Adam Hadwin. Very nice. I'm going with Cody Gribble. And I'm going out on a limb because he's gone cut, cut, cut in his last three PGA Tour starts. So this is very much on a limb. Um, he had a, he had that early win at the Sanderson Farms Championship. but And hopefully he'll get his game straightened out this week at the Riv because I'm picking him and I, and I need some points. Yeah, I, so. I agree. Well, I mean, Bud Colley played really well after missing all those cuts, so... Yes, and I picked him too, so... Yeah, but you picked him the week after he played well. Well, you didn't have to tell our listeners that, so... (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Player to surprisingly miss the cut. Okay, hear me out. Charles Howell III, because everyone always says that he plays amazingly in California, and he does play really well as accountant is a huge fan of Charles Howell playing in California. But he hasn't played well at Riviera. He's, uh, he's barely made the cut the past couple of years. And before that, he's missed the cut the, the past three years before that. So, I'm going to take a flyer and say that he doesn't play well. Okay. I'm going Phil Mickelson. Oh, okay. And, and here are my reasoning. So, he hasn't played at the Riv in a few years. Mm-hmm. Um. And the last couple of weeks, he's played really good the first three rounds. I mean, like where he gets into contention and everyone gets excited and everyone tunes in to see how he plays. And then he doesn't play really well on that Sunday. And I don't want this to keep happening because obviously I, lo- I love Phil. There, I, no one wants to see this happening. But I feel like it's finally going to catch up to him this week. And I think he's going to miss the cut. That could unfortunately. Happen. That could happen. Yeah. And unfortunately, as I picked Phil, this show has to come to an end too. So that's all the time we have left. Um, visit globalgolfcoast.com for all golf news. And then also shoot us an email if you want us to talk about anything in particular. Golf, you know, LPGA, PGA, Ladies European Tour, anything, honestly. You can do that at postcastgolf at gmail.com. So until next week, for Sean Fairholm and I, hit him straight and have a good week. See you later.